Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Dorothy Beatty, a client director in a hydric consulting group. In today's podcast, I'm talking to Jim Cleary and Susan Lawrence Fisher. Jim is Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer for Mary Zulsbergen. Jim is responsible for managing the organization's financial strategy and oversees the company's financial functions. Susan is Senior Vice President, Corporate Responsibility and Sustainability for Amerizelsbergen. Amerizelsbergen was recently named one of America's most responsible companies by Newsweek, and we will focus on sustainability and leadership in our conversation. Jim and Susan, thank you for joining us today. To kick up this discussion, can you each share some background on your career journey and how you got to your current role and particularly your interest in ESG? Dorothy, this is Jim, and I'll go ahead and start out. And first of all, thanks a lot for inviting us to be part of this podcast today. We really appreciate it. ESG is something that's always been important to me. In fact, I'd say long before it was a term. My first job out of graduate school after receiving an MBA was to work as a cost engineer on the cleanup of a very large hazardous waste site. And before graduate school, I worked for a company that recycled aluminum and scrap steel. So at least the E part has always been important to me. And before joining Ameris Worsbergen, I was CEO of a smaller publicly traded company, MWI Veterinary Supply, for 10 years until we were acquired by Ameris Worsbergen in 2015. And during those 10 years, I actively worked with MWI's board on governance. And I started serving as chief financial officer of Ameris Worsbergen three and a half years ago. And one of the areas where I have the opportunity to lead is as an executive sponsor of our global ESG council. And I get to work very closely with Susan in this role. And so in this role, I promote ESG progress across Ameris Worsbergen. I also promote communication and transparency with our stakeholders, including a number of our shareholders who are paying greater attention to how ESG aligns with their values. It's probably not surprising that none, and I repeat, none of the traditional financial leadership roles of a CFO have gone away. But a CFO today and in the future also has an opportunity to have a leadership role in ESG initiatives. At Ameris Horse Bergen, we're a purpose-driven organization. We're united in our responsibility to create healthier futures. That's our purpose. ESG aligns with our purpose and being a responsible company is one of the key elements to achieving long-term sustainable growth. At Amerisource Bergen, our long-term sustainable growth is supported by investments in our people, our culture, and our commitment to ESG. Just one example, diversity, equity, and inclusion is very important to us because we believe that meaningful value can be unlocked when individuals are empowered to bring their whole selves to work and embrace our collective differences. And so with that comment, I'll turn it over to Susan Lorenz Fisher, who does a fantastic job leading our ESG efforts at Ameris Worsbergen. Thanks so much, Jim. And I love hearing your story and your background and your continued support of ESG at Ameris Worsbergen is just pivotal to our continued progress. 
a bit of background on me. I've been a practitioner for about 15 years, and that really stemmed from my academic experience. When I was in college, I spent a lot of time in Asia and was an economics and biochemistry major and just really got interested in international development and how the business world can support that in responsible ways. So I ended up going to graduate school for a degree in what's called sustainable systems, then became a consultant did that for a while, did a lot of corporate social responsibility reports for large companies and spent a good amount of time doing overall CSR, ESG strategy for large publicly traded companies. Moved over to a food company, was there for about three years and have spent the past six and a half years at Americus Bergen in a number of roles with increasing responsibility, really starting with our commitment to climate and the environment and really laying out some of our metrics and measurement processes for our carbon footprint. And that led to developing our first, what we called corporate citizenship report back in 2016. And then about four years ago, I moved into an enterprise role under our communications and administration team under the leadership of Gina Clark. And I've been in that organization for the past couple of years, really continuing to hone and build out our overall ESG commitment. Thank you both for telling us about your journeys and passion in ESG. Susan, can you share some of the key ESG initiatives that Amerizelsbergen is currently focused on and what you're doing to address them? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that question, Darcy. So at the highest level, we really look at our company purpose, which is we are united in our responsibility to create healthier futures. And that really has set the foundation for everything we do around ESG. So when we say those words, environmental, social governance, corporate responsibility, sustainability, we really take a step back and think of it broadly as how we foster a positive impact on the planet and people. And we really embed that on how we improve access and equity in healthcare. And so we have three priorities that we organize our ESG initiatives around. The first one is purpose-driven team members. And we really see that as how we show up in terms of our culture at AB, fostering diversity and inclusion, really making team members feel like we're investing in their long-term growth through training things like that. And one of the pieces that we're really proud of in terms of our progress in our purpose-driven team members pillar is the work we've done around gender pay equity. And so we disclosed earlier this year that we have achieved 99.4% gender pay equity. So that's something that we look at across that purpose-driven team members pillar and work very collaboratively across the organization to continue to kind of hone and measure how we are showing up as an organization in terms of this kind of first pillar of our ESG approach. Our second pillar we call resilient and sustainable operations. And that's really how we look at the supply chain and our operations across AB and how we're really accelerating the delivery of medications and healthcare services responsibly and with an eye on our environmental and social impacts. So a couple of exciting things we've done in this focus area is committing to setting something called a science-based target. You'll hear that term more and more the next few years as companies are really basing how they reduce their carbon footprints on scientific models around a changing climate. 
And we've also had about 20% of our electricity globally from renewable energy sources. And that's something we're continuing to really build on as well. And then the third pillar, if you will, of our ESG strategy is what we call healthy communities for all. And that's really where we see across Amerisource Bergen us inspiring equitable access to healthcare services within global communities and patient populations that we serve. And we measure that in a number of different ways, commercially, philanthropically. And to that end, in the last fiscal year, we donated about $5 million worth of product donations to charities globally. And we invested nearly $8 million through the Marisource Bergen Foundation to 100 plus charities that are really doing this work in this health equity space. So that's really how we look at our three pillars of EFG as a company. And the one point I would emphasize is that our governance and collaboration and disclosure of all things ESG, that really underpins those three core areas of our strategy. So reporting out every year in our ESG initiatives and our global sustainability microsite, we align with a number of external standards. It's a little bit of an alphabet soup, so I won't go through all of them, but that really is foundational to us making continued progress across all three of the pillars that I just talked through. Thanks for sharing these inspiring ESG achievements through the lenses of those three pillars. That was very much telling. Now, Jim, I'm curious, as CFO, how do you view the importance of these ESG efforts with various stakeholders? How do you quantify the benefits? That's a great question, Dorothy. And we find that ESG is increasingly important to a number of our internal and our external stakeholders. And it's a growing list, including employees, customers, investors, rating agencies, regulators, and boards of directors. And I say it's a growing list, and I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was meeting with the lead insurance company on our directors and officers' liability insurance, and they had a number of questions on our ESG efforts. So we see just increasing number of stakeholders interested in this topic. And I'd say regarding employees, they want to work for a company that's aligned to their personal values. And ESG encompasses many of those values, especially the environment and DEI, which are so important to employees. Regarding customers, they're managing their supply chains to ensure that their ESG goals are met. And a supplier like ourselves can establish competitive advantage by helping our upstream and downstream customers with their ESG reporting. For example, around scope three emissions, if the SEC moves forward with that. Regarding investors, many of them incorporate ESG into their decision-making and analysis, and rating agencies are also starting to incorporate ESG into their analysis. Regarding regulators, there are different standards globally, which we're watching and tracking, including from the SEC. We're very proud of our progress on this front, which is ahead of regulatory requirements in the U.S., for example. We're on track to be able to measure scope one, two, and three emissions. We're aligned with the major international standards and frameworks we're reporting, including SASB, the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, the World Economic Forum Stakeholder Capitalism Metrics, and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Key metrics for our ESG reporting are externally assured, and this is the fourth year we've sought external insurance on our report. In terms of quantifying benefits that you asked about, we're early in this. 
there will be revenue and operating income benefits from winning customer RFPs that include an ESG component. Also, savings will be measured from being a more efficient business, which can be used to reinvest and grow our business. And there will be indirect benefits from becoming a stronger business. And examples of this include being a more resilient business by being able to adapt to extreme weather events, being an employer of choice, winning long-term shareholders, and lowering cost of capital. So thanks a lot for the question, Dorothy. Thank you, Jim. The next topic I want to dive in with you is how you work together on these ESG efforts. So Jim and Susan, how do you two collaborate in meeting Amerizos Bergen ESG goals? One example is our recent Investor Day, which was just last week at the New York Stock Exchange. And Susan was a principal participant in our Investor Day, which was awesome. And so along with business and financial presentations from our CEO, our group president and myself, Susan presented on our ESG strategy and initiatives to our investors and Wall Street analysts. And this is indicative of how things like investor communication are evolving as ESG grows in importance and how the role of the CFO is expanding to include collaborating on ESG leadership and initiatives. And Susan and I and our respective teams work closely together to drive change and to account for and track ESG progress and then report on it to stakeholders. Our teams also collaborate to submit data, for example, to ESG raters and rankers. And this level of collaboration will only increase in the coming years. And I would say what's really been the fundamental movement that I've seen as a practitioner the past couple of years is ESG and all the associated terminology with that. It's really become mainstream. And that's meant that cross-functional collaboration that happens at companies is so critical to really integrating environmental, social, and governance considerations into how companies operate, how companies show up reputationally. The list there goes on and on. And that's where I think the piece around collaboration is so important because an organization's ESG function, it can't be a bolt-on. It really has to be layered into the overall business strategy, ways of measurement, ways of collaborating, ways of ways of governing. I think hearing Jim kind of talk through how he sees collaboration and how his team and mine work so closely together, I think that's just such a critical example of how companies need to be thinking about ESG in the sense that like it's everybody's responsibility and there has to be really clear practice for governance and, you know, identifying critical environmental and social topics, but it really has to be layered deeply, both horizontally and vertically across an organization. Thank you both. It does look like you found a very effective way to collaborate on ESG efforts, from identifying the opportunities to tracking down the efforts and communicating a role in the organization and outside. Moving on to my next question. Your company's purpose is, at Amerizelsbergen, we are united in our responsibility to create healthier futures. Susan, how does that purpose drive your ESG efforts? How can other companies starting on their ESG journeys use their purpose to drive progress? Yeah, thank you, Dorothy, for that question. It's a little bit cliche, but I would say that for AB, purpose really is the North Star for everything we do around our environmental and social impacts and opportunities. So we really use that purpose 
as a way to make sure that every year when our ESG report comes out, we're making sure everything's in line with our purpose, our overall strategy, how we're measuring, how we're managing, how we're integrating. And so I'd say at the highest level, everything really is grounded in that purpose. But I would say too that the concept of really making sure that companies understand what their material, environmental, and social impacts are and their key stakeholders, that's really just a fundamental aspect of any good ESG program. And that's something that we have layered really strongly into our overall approach to ESG. And again, that really starts with our purpose. How do we show up as a company? What is our social purpose? And we have that very clearly delineated as you just referenced, Dorothy. So it's always the starting point for us, but really making sure that we understand what that means to our key stakeholders. And I think that the customer piece is always a good example because our purpose, our guiding principles, how we layer and approach ESG really are oftentimes a shared value and can be a really good point to start collaboration with external entities with customers up and down the supply chain with trade organizations and things like that. And it's really our purpose that grounds all of that work and really influences how we show up as a company in terms of our ESG impacts as well as opportunities. Thank you, Susan. And you're definitely right. Many successful companies have a clear social purpose. And I think for you, it appears very clearly. So, Jim, we continue to see ESG top of the agenda for board of directors, highlighting how seriously organizations are about driving this from the top. What role is Amerizels Bergen's board playing? What about the rest of the executive team? Yeah, thanks a lot for the question, Dorothy. Our ESG strategy and efforts are overseen by our board and are fully supported across our board of directors and executive management team. Our board's Governance, Sustainability, and Corporate Responsibility Committee has oversight of ESG reporting and disclosure, as well as overall ESG strategy alignment. And the committee's name, the Governance, Sustainability, and Corporate Responsibility Committee, indicates its commitment to ESG. The committee receives quarterly updates on all ESG programming across the organization, allowing them to give guidance and feedback on the company's ESG strategy. Also, in conjunction with our Compensation and Succession Planning Committee, our board is evaluating ways to thoughtfully integrate an ESG performance metric or modifier in determining executive compensation. At a senior management level, we have an ESG Global Council, and it's comprised of a cross-functional group of senior management. The council's overarching purpose is to ensure the integration and coordination of Amerisource Bergen's ESG strategy and practices with our business strategy and tactics. The council, which is under Susan Lorenz Fisher's ABLE management, leads Amerisource Bergen's efforts to embrace a company-wide ESG approach, integrate ESG throughout our business, and ensure high standards of accountability for the management of ESG priorities and goals. 
And as part of the work of this council, we are now a year into our three-year ESG integration plan that includes detailed tactics to advance our ESG vision and governance, enhance engagement with team members, customers, and other key stakeholders, and thoughtfully build measurements and accountability around our initiatives. And so I think like many large companies, you'll see that ESG is an increasingly talked about topic and focus area for both our board of directors and our executive management team. Absolutely. And your board is clearly leading your organization's ESG efforts and align on the importance of climate change and what to do about it. I really love how thoughtful you have been on setting a clear governance around your ESG efforts too. So Susan and Jim, as we bring this conversation to a close, I wanted to ask one final question. Looking ahead, which specific leadership skill sets and capabilities will be most important for your company to meet its strategic goals, including ESG? This is one of my favorite questions to answer in general, because I think the topic about ESG and how it's mainstreamed is so interesting. I get a lot of questions as a practitioner from team members, from peers, from people in other organizations about like, what skills do you really need to be a strong ESG practitioner? And I think there's a lot of different ways of looking at it. And I would say from the highest level to lead ESG at a company, you really have to have a broad way of thinking. And I often say your skill set and awareness of global issues has to be a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, there's a lot of practitioners that you can lean on who are subject matter experts internally and externally who might support a very specific ESG metric around employee health and safety or a technical energy saving initiative that's happening at a distribution center. So having that very kind of broad way of looking at ESG and understanding what the critical issues are to your company is a really, really important one. So I always say that's a critical skill set. But then I think too, that just being able to facilitate cross-functional collaboration, in my opinion and experience, is the absolute most critical skill to being a good ESG practitioner. I think you really need to be able to make it a part of everybody's job and integrate and infuse and influence ESG into every facet of a company and decision-making process. So oftentimes you are collaborating, you're coming up with ways to add ESG considerations into a project or a process or talking with a team about a new way of thinking about a business model or a customer partnership. So it's really, truly that cross-functional collaboration, really being able to leverage both horizontal and vertical relationships in an organization to get that infusion and integration. And I think leading it in line with a business strategy is one thing, and then equipping an entire culture to understand and embrace ESG matters as a part of their individual roles is another layer that's really important. So Jim, I'd love to kick it back over to you and hear your perspectives on this one. Susan, those were really great points and examples. And I'll add to that by giving a little bit more of a general answer about talent in general. And at Amerisource Bergen, we know that our team members are definitely our most valuable asset. 
And we're committed to cultivating and empowering them to drive our company's long-term growth. And underpinned by our purpose, we have leadership competencies. And at Amerisource Bergen, our leadership competencies include first is people forward. Second is enterprise powered. Third is action biased. Fourth is creatively resourceful. And fifth is next minded. And then finally, sixth is purpose activist. And these leadership competencies will drive our strategic business and financial results. And at the same time, they'll clearly drive forward our ESG initiatives. And I really am just so excited that our defined leadership competencies are so aligned with ESG. And I'll give a couple of examples. For instance, the people forward leadership competency includes the ability to build diverse teams and actively cultivate an inclusive environment which of course is highly aligned with ESG. The creatively resourceful leadership competency includes the ability to accomplish more with less through resourcefulness, creativity, and experimentation. And of course, that's highly aligned with ESG. And I'll give one more example. The next-minded leadership competency includes the ability to envision and prepare for the future while delivering today's goals. And again, that's super aligned with ESG. So I'll just finish by saying that by developing the right leaders with the right skill sets, we can deliver everything from growth and financial results to purpose and ESG impact. And so, Dorothy, thank you so much for giving myself and Susan Lorenz Fisher, who leads our ESG efforts, the opportunity to join you guys today. Dorothy, thank you so much to you and the team for the opportunity to talk today about our journey at Amerisource Bergen. It's a subject we're really excited about and always happy to, to share our progress. Thank you both for your very insightful perspectives. And thank you for making the time to speak with us today. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time. <laughs>